in good company. Honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. So I have been looking for somebody to come and talk to me about when they have a, you know, this, this big business dream and they decide to leave it behind to go back to a day job because they realize that it's not really serving them all that well. Now, let me tell you, I have been putting the call out there for months and months and months and had no response because I feel like there is I don't know, some personal shame or something around going back to a day job. And I really want to bust that myth because often we're just pushing shit up a hill for no return because we feel shame about admitting something isn't working. So a long time went by with zero bites to my cherry. And then I got an email from the fabulous Kylie Patchett with the confession that she had walked away from her business to get a day job. And I just really wanted to get you on Kylie so we can talk about this stuff openly and honestly uh, without, and you know, bust through that shame. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I feel like there's that you're right. There's a lot of people that have made this decision that are in the employee closet. And it took me about eight months to be happy to come out of my employee closet. Um, But now like, yeah, like I just shared with you guys off air, I'm just backing up my websites, ready to close everything down. And I feel so freaking relieved and free and oh, just right, just like it's what? the right decision. Why do you reckon you had to go into an employee closet? Um, I think that there's a fair bit of, well, first of all, ego, definitely. Um, and actually admitting that, geez, I haven't actually made I don't know. I'm pretty hard on myself. And I think that probably everybody is, but um, thinking that if I said that I was going back to work as an employee, that I had completely, are we allowed to swear? Is this the swearing oh, truth? Fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I was, I was thinking if I'd said I was an employee, everyone would know I'd completely fucked up my own business. And there was a fair bit of like, you know, I, I have had times in my business where I felt like I am leading by example as far as um, being very honest and open and that's generally how I live my life. But I certainly felt a lot of, um, yeah, shame, but also um, not so much shame but guilt. Like if I've been telling other people that this is possible for them and then it doesn't work for me long term or it turns out to be not a sustainable choice for me long term, what the fuck? Does that mean that I've been lying to people? Like that, that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, if I say that this hasn't worked for me and I've been helping other people to build businesses, what does that make me? So that was your, that was your gig in your own business. You were, you were help, you're a business coach or you're helping people. Yeah. In that I mean, more so mindset. So getting, at helping women to create lives and businesses that they actually felt suited them and serve them, use the right language there, Carly, serve them um, by helping them get over their own mindset bullshit, which is quite hilarious because it's exactly that mindset bullshit that wasn't allowing me to tell people that actually I'd made the decision to close my business. And then the freaky thing was that 
So I've been a full-time employee since April of 2017. Last Monday, which is like December the 11th, which is, you know, a long time since then, I just woke up and went, it's time. And I think that a big part of that was that I finished up my last, because I was still coaching part-time as well as working full-time because I had clients that had signed up with me for a year and I had told all of them um, what was going on, but I felt that I wanted to, I don't know, there was something that felt right about finishing up my coaching business before I actually said, okay, I'm closing everything down. Just to me, that was an order thing. I don't know. Tidying up. (laughs) And so can we go back to before, like, obviously, like, let's just explore your, um, your time as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, let's just let's explore. Wh- when did you start? You know, there was obviously some really great um, moments there yeah, for great, you. Great intervening years, yes. <laughs> um, so, I started my business in um, January two thousand eleven, but started coaching full time in January two thousand and twelve, um, and had a really, really successful business for the first few years. Um, grew exponentially. Got to. Uh, multiple six-figure profit, <laughs> let's call that, um, not profit, sorry, revenue. <laughs> if it was profit, I wouldn't have a problem. Um, and, <laughs> and, but increasingly so, I don't know, there was two things going on in the background around about year, well, let's say January t- 2012 is the actual start of the full-time coaching business. Around about, um, when was that, January 2016, my husband had a quite bad accident at work. Um, and had to learn to, you know, walk again type, you know, like quite a, da- a drastic change in our family landscape. And I think for me, 2016 was a year where I really, really struggled to have the emotional bandwidth to also support clients um, because I felt like I was very stretched in a personal way. Um, so that was probably the beginning of the end of me feeling that it was viable for me to do this full time. Um, but... I don't know. The other thing that was going on in the background was in 2012, I was proud to say that I was part of the online coaching industry. And fast forward to January 2017, there is so much stuff that goes on that I don't agree with that I think is amoral and unethical and just not right, not honest. Um, yeah, coaches, coaching coaches to coach coaches. That really worries me that um, – house of cards kind of thing that's that's formed in the coaching world that I just went, am I proud to be part of this anymore? And my instinctual answer was absolutely not. And that doesn't mean that everybody who's an online coach obviously is in that kettle of fish. It it isn't that. But I don't know, I felt that there was more of the people and more of the vibe and more of the bullshit that I didn't agree with that I was like, I don't belong here anymore. I don't I don't I don't want to be part of this. Um yeah, so I guess that there's sort of like a personal and a professional thing going on. Um, yeah, and also, you know, the reality of the fact that, yeah, you can make, you know, $200,000 in revenue, but it takes a lot of bloody money to create that much income. And I, I'm just kind of looking at my business going, do, am I really being the mother that I want to be? Am I really being the wife that I want to be? Am I really being a fun um available as in time available person to my friends and myself like am I actually looking care looking after myself and all of those answers were no (laughs) so I guess there's like a triangle of things that made this the right decision for me and that you know and I'm very clear even 
when I sent the email last Monday saying I'm closing my business, I had 196 people email me and still growing, still getting little bits and pieces dribbling in saying, oh my God, me too. Oh my God, thank you for being honest. Oh my God, whatever. And I'm just like, why is it that we have to have someone go first before we all be okay Mm. to say this is not right for me right now? Yes. That's a very long answer, sorry. (laughs) No, no, but but also true, right? Like uh, the, yeah, I I decided this year that I didn't really want to run an online business anymore either because it just Mm -hmm. felt like I was jumping up and down constantly going, look at me, look at me, look at me, trying to fight (laughs) through all this noise and, you know, and for me, like if I think about the the way um I want to live my life. It is about in-person connection mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of jazz. It's also a big part of it is using my voice. Um, but for me, I was trying to desperately control the way that money came to me to have that lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it had to come through yeah. this avenue. And in May I had a mini breakdown and, uh, oh, kind of not a mini, mini breakdown, a breakdown and just realized like <laughs> I'm really one. quite happy to, yeah, a real one. Um, where I ended up like hooked up to an ECG at the doctors thinking I was having a heart attack kind of breakdown. And then, you know, just days and days of screaming on the beach and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just realized that, you know, it didn't really matter where the money came from. I could stack shelves for all I gave two shits. If it allowed me to be the person that I want to be, then, you know, who cares where it comes from? Yeah, that's it. The thing that comes to me when I'm listening to you as well is the big word that kept like coming into my conscious mind all the time was you wanted a simple life. And this business is so not fucking simple. It's not funny. Like it requires you to be on all the time. It requires you to always be thinking about where the next lot of money is coming from. Um, and you have to shout louder and louder and louder. And I'm just like, I don't want to, like I, I wrote in the email that I sent to my newsletter list, I like me better as an employee. And that is totally, totally honest. I didn't like how I was becoming to be out there in this world. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. Like I want a simple life. I want I want to enjoy my family. I want, you know, to grow my own veggies. I I want to be able to go to work and do my job and then come home and not have to think about it. The end. Yeah. I so hear you. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Carly and I, I'm just having difficulty saying both of your names, Kylie and Carly. I'm having to get very conscious about what I'm about to say. You can call it 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 Patch and Nemo. Yeah, P and M. I, I, we we made a really big lifestyle decision this year. So, uh, to and we moved back down to Melbourne, and there was the thing that had always uh, stopped us. Well, the thing that we were always kind of waiting for to make this decision that was going to serve all of our family for the better was like, oh, it's got to be when the business is at a point where it can support us because my husband works in a really niche industry, doesn't really like what he does anyway. And uh, and then I was like, you know what, let's just do it. And yeah. if I have to get a job, I'll get a job. I don't yeah. care. I yeah. absolutely have no attachment mm-hmm. to, like, because I would find that fun. Um, yeah. And, and I think that um, as long as the work is feeling fun, as long as I feel a little bit stretched and, you know, like 
I can explore things that are fun for me, then I don't care. I I actually really just lost all attachment to the business Mm -hmm. being the vehicle and the business ended up being the vehicle. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Let go. (laughs) Let go. And then when we let go, the other thing that happened was that we were just down here for maybe two weeks and an old boss contacted my husband and said, Mm -hmm. hey, what are you up to right now? And he's like, do you want maybe – do you want some work? And Nick's like, well, I want it three days a week. I want to be able to work from home and I want to, I want to be paid this. And he's like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, what? what when you actually let go of the, that freak out attachment. Yes. It yep. is amazing what can happen. And I think it's just like another way that, I mean, we're all mums here. We're all obviously very creative and possibly on that, you know, high achiever kind of spectrum. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) And I do think that this whole thing, like if you enter this entrepreneurial world, especially this online kind of, you know, vortex. Bubble. That it can be another way, (laughs) yes, another way that we can just find an excuse to flog ourselves. Well, that's exactly, yeah. Be mean to ourselves, to feel Mm -hmm. guilt, like all the stuff of of modern motherhood and, you know, modern womanhood, this just can kind of amplify the shit out of that. Absolutely, because you actually set the scene for it. So you can be as high achieving or as crazy in your commitment as you want, which is dangerous for a high achiever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, t- I totally agree. I think that um, for me, one of the things that I kept asking myself at the beginning of the last year, so sitting down, like I was just, um, you know, new moon in Sagittarius yesterday, sitting down writing my intentions last night. Shit, I forgot about the new moon. Oh, well, it was only 5.30, so you got plenty of time. Um, and yeah. I, I planted out a new, a new <laughs> succulent patch as well at the same time. And anyway, um, I was thinking about, oh, geez, I wonder what I was writing this time last year. And I actually was using the same journal that I had this time last year. And I looked back and it was so interesting because all my intentions were, um, things like freedom around money, freedom around time, um, freedom around health, um, yeah, lo- lots and lots of simplicity, simplicity, simplicity and freedom. And what I was making it mean this time last year was the freedom had to come from the business. Like the mm-hmm. business was the vehicle for the freedom as well, not just the money but everything. I was th- thinking, my God, that's like asking your husband to be the be all and end all for you as well, right? Like <laughs> this business must solve every single one of my problems and desires. Like mm. that's fraught fraught with danger quickest way to quickest way to cause resentment towards your business (laughs) exactly that's the thing and I didn't realize that um and you can read in between oh my god what I was writing with like now looking back a year later I'm looking at it going I can just see how awful your headspace was around the fact that you should be able to just suck it up and even though your husband was learning how to walk again, you should be able to just suck it up and have your business running as well as what it was this time last year. And what the hell's wrong with you? Like that, there was so much judgment in the words that I was reading. And I just thought it's so funny because by about March last year, I just went, okay, no, this year, sorry. I'm so in 2018 already. Oh, um, I'm but- <laughs> March this year, I, I was, 
I kind of had one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is really, really not working and you really, really have to think about other things. And I thought, okay, well, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen here? And the worst thing that I could come up with was I would have to get a job. And I was like, okay, I'm down with that. That's okay. And then once I took that kind of like, oh, my God, no, that that's the limit. I would never, ever go back to um, having a job. I was like, oh, okay. And then everything just worked out. Interesting, though, because I have, I'm sure, multiple times in my own podcast when I had it would have said I'd never go back to a full-time job. I'd rather stick a fork in my eye, which is, you know, I did literally think that for a very long time. And then once I actually went, hmm, maybe a job isn't this devil's work that I've been making it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's the same sort of thing as you, Lisa, like just, you know, saying we'll do it and then letting it work itself out. I just, my highest intention was freedom. And yeah, I've got freedom, but just not in the way that I ever thought that it would come. So it's, yeah, one of those things. Oh, Carly, I'm <laughs> you to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, like, a two-way interview because I'm like, <laughs> stop asking questions, let Carly ask a question. And then it's like radio silence. Intelligent question. Yeah. I mean, I just, actually, I'll keep talking then, Carly. Fuck yeah. Um, I, I, um, I, you know, feel like what you just, what you're doing by sharing this story is basically giving other people permission. When you were emailed by all of those people on your list, Mm -hmm. we, were they saying, I've done it too. And thank you for coming out. Or I want to do this too. You've given me permission. What was the kind of vibe? Probably 50% I've done it too, but I haven't told anyone. I've just kept up appearances and I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's exhausting, isn't it? And then the other like 50%, maybe slightly high, but but the majority of, yeah, probably 60% actually, sorry, would have said "Um, I'm at a fork in the road and thank you for showing me that there is actually an option apart from running a business. And I just think the other thing is like, Running a business for me, like I started my business um, when we moved to the States so that I would have some form of income. So, you know, created an online platform, did all of that before we started traveling. And so it served us as a family beautifully, beautifully, beautifully for so many years. And then it didn't. And that's okay. Like there's no, you know, there's no need to think that if you're going to be an online entrepreneur that it has to be for the rest of your life. And I'm not ever saying, actually a few people ask me, oh, will you come back? And I'm like, I don't have a great desire now to come back. I do have a pull to write more, um, but I don't yeah. think I'll even do that. Like I just want space. Like I, I just want space. I want to be able to be, you know, my work is fairly demanding as well. It's exciting and it's challenging in a good way, not in a far out I'm going to kill someone way. Um, but, you know, it's it's big and it's full. I've just been promoted, so it's there'll be a fair bit of travel and all of those things. So I don't want to add extra stuff in there but you know ages and stages like uh, this phase of my life my kids are now 12 and 13 they're a little bit more able to be you know I can leave for work and have them still get themselves to school that sort of thing whereas five years ago there's no way that I would have wanted to be a full-time employee I just wasn't interested it wasn't that phase for me but you know I just want to say to everyone like if it's if it's not working, it's okay for it not to work. And if it was working and then it wasn't working, isn't working, it doesn't matter. There's no 
you know, everything has its season, right? Like we don't have daylight 24-7. I have had this exact conversation that Mm. I started my business because I was just a bit bored with toddlers and babies and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like where I could share recipes while I was selling Thermomixes and it just took on a life of its own. I followed that lead but there is something so exciting to me. We're living back where we lived uh, when we were both, you know, when we were young and fresh and hip. And yes. uh, <laughs> and I used to get on the tram into the city and, like, the thought of getting dressed properly to go to a job and, like, being the hustle and bustle of, of the yeah. movement of people in and out of the city, that is a turn-on mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And I don't know. And so I just leave it open. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I like? Yeah, I I feel like if we lose the stigma, it's because it's not about failed, it's not about failure, it's about choices. Yep, exactly, exactly. And and any moment you have the right to choose again. Like you don't, just because I choose now to close my business, maybe in two months' time I say, well, you know, I don't think I will. (laughs) Frankly, there's a lot of work going into closing sites down, et cetera. But, you know, I... (laughs) I think for me, same sort of thing. Like, and it's interesting too. When I was last in a full time corporate role, was when my kids were baby babies, and I was running a really big medical company with a lot of stress and a lot of responsibility. And somewhere in my mind, now that I've got the perspective of a bit of hindsight, I can see that I actually made a nine to five job mean I have to bleed out leave my soul on the floor, never see my family, um, work 24-hour shifts because I was managing a sleep lab. So I would literally sometimes work a day shift and then train at night. So 24-hour shifts, even when I was pregnant with my first child, like I just look back and go, oh, idiot. (laughs) But (laughs) that's what I was making a job mean. So that's the other thing is like if you're considering a job, it doesn't have to be the same job that you did five years ago when you absolutely hated it. Like open your mind and heart to infinite possibilities of what that job could be. Like, what do you love doing? And the job that I've got at the moment is a really, really good combination of the creativity of creating programs, health and business strategy. And now I'm able to do like marketing communications as well, which I love doing, but I get the, you know, I get to hop on a plane and go to Sydney for the day, enjoy the hustle and bustle and the you know, the flexing the muscles in that corporate environment. But I also get to come home to our farm and my family and a very quiet, peaceful country life as well. So I think that... And you also get, you know, you also get people that you can interact with, which you don't get when you're a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. You also get a guaranteed paycheck at the end of the week or fortnight or month. (laughs) Amen, sister. And, (laughs) and, And you get super and you don't have to worry about... Letting the tax office know about any of that shit except once mm-hmm. a year when you sit down with your accountant or you do your mm-hmm. e-tax online. Like there is yeah, so exactly. much to love about working a job. Where's the shame in I that? Like know. I just oh, someone else, someone else paying for all of your training. And, I know. <laughs> and Friday night work drinks. Oh. <laughs> Like, or if you live just, in the country, Friday afternoon around two-ish, work drinks. <laughs> Love it. Sold. I think the other thing too is that um, I, like I'm fiercely, fiercely independent, but I'm also very much a people person and I didn't realise how mentally um, 
close to, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I certainly had very flat um, mood over the whole of last year. And actually I, I listened back to an episode. I wanted to get um, my friend Cheryl Barr and I did an interview last year on my podcast and she just had a, like almost died in a car accident early this year and has gone on this amazing journey of recovery and learning to walk again and everything. And she just super inspires me. But I was listening back to an interview of hers because I wanted to make some notes on it. And I was just like, I don't even sound like myself. And even when I was, hi, it's Kylie from Luminary Ladies. It's like false energy. Like I can look back, whereas now I feel really super grounded and happy, but not in a like, hi, and but I didn't, I was, it happened over such a long time being a solo business owner that I didn't even realize that I was so far away from myself. And now going back, yeah, it just has really, really changed. Um, But yeah, listening back, I actually felt a bit emotional. Like I thought, wow, you can be that um, distance or unaware of what's happening to you internally because it's just that gradual, gradual. And it's the gradual grind of working by yourself, always thinking about the next thing, you know, and not having that, no filling of the cup. And, you know, having an income so that I can book into personal training every, well, twice a week and go and get my nails done if I want to or buy my new set of sunglasses or whatever and not be thinking, you know, Yes, I've got the money for that, but maybe the business might, like, what could I put into the business that might help? You know, like, it just it makes things a lot cleaner and clearer. So, yeah. Or even, like, yes, I've got the money in there now, but what about next month? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. How, can I really justify spending this when I don't know what the cash flow will be next month? Yeah, all, all of that sort of stuff. There's just so much more room in my head. Um, and I have to say, too, like, going into a work environment, I felt really, really, well, even looking for a job, I was like, well, I've been out of the full-time workforce for 12 years. All of my original training, like I'm a forensic biologist, but I haven't worked in forensic for 15 years. So that means the technology, like I, you know, I'm not current in my abilities. Well, 15 years ago, if we think about what we were doing, like, I know, that's the thing. 15 years ago, we had like a little phone and all we could do was text and call. Exactly. That's the thing. And I in forensic, I had a, I had a pager when I first was in forensic, like literally (laughs) had a pager. (laughs) And I'm like, holy crap, I was a dinosaur. I am a dinosaur. (laughs) But, um, I think that was a big thing and I think probably that's, you know, if anyone's listening and going, oh, well, maybe I really do need to get a job. If you've been out of the workforce for a long time, like that was what scared me the most is what do I actually have to offer that's yeah. relevant? Like, How do I even yeah. write and, Yeah, so how do you figure that out, right? Because it's like I got nothing. <laughs> like literally well, I, have, I had, a, I had, I had a, a job in sales fucking 20 years ago <laughs> and I have, yeah. yeah. But you think about so, Think about every single one of the skills that you've learned as an entrepreneur though. And that's what someone, like I've got a friend on the sunny coast and she was, I was like, I'm not employable. I can't, I am not going to be able to find a job. Like I literally will have to, you know, I'll just go to Bunnings and be, um, you know, packer or something, which I was totally down for anyway. Cause I was just like, I just need to get out of the house and not be by myself and earn an income and not think about, you know, filling my funnel or blah, blah, blah. Um, and she was just like, don't be a dickhead, come to my house. Let's just vomit onto a page, everything that you can do now that you've built all these skills. And then we'll just put it into a semblance of a CV and we'll go from there. And in the end, yeah, I mean, when I went for, I 
was very, very lucky that when I started looking the first time I got on Seek, I saw an ad that was for um, like a wellness program manager. I thought, what the hell does that mean? But hey, it's wellness and manager. <laughs> sounds, sounds like me, surely. <laughs> um, but they were looking for someone with an allied health background and um, business experience, which just so happens to be two of the weird things that I have in my bucket of things that I've done before. And you know, from my perspective, I was like, oh my God, I'm not qualified for anything. From their perspective, they were like, oh my God, we found a unicorn. This is someone who has done all of this stuff that can help us. Um, even things that we didn't, we didn't, we weren't looking for in the person that filled this position, but our needs of our organization. And that's how I've ended up being promoted as well, because it's, yeah, I, I just think that our version of what we can do and our skills and abilities and what other people see in us are completely different. But it was really, really hard the first few months, even when I got the job, I was so worried about fucking things up, like so worried. Like what happens if I can't learn stuff anymore? Like what, you know, like, you know, when you start something new and your head is really full um, and I had lots of on-site client stuff going on, they had like a all of these extra things I had, I had to present on behalf of the company in my second week. I was on site with clients straight away because the person that I was taking over from had left six weeks before me. So there's no handover. I just had to sort of be chucked in and looking back, that was actually really good because I think I would have really screwed with my head otherwise. Um, but now eight months later, I'm like, Oh my God, what was I worried about? And that's done a lot you know, as much as I'd love to say, you know, I've never defined myself as an, an entrepreneur, like define my worth coming from being an entrepreneur. And so therefore when I stopped being an entrepreneur, you know, that didn't affect my self-confidence. Of course it bloody well does like that. You know, I don't think anyone would say no to that question, but to be able to say, actually, you know what, what I have to offer is valuable. Um, and working with other people in a team is so nice, so nice to go to work and, and you know, be, okay, so this month what we're going to be, you know, planning on doing is this, this and this and throwing things around when we're creating a new program. What are we going to call it? What are we going to put in it? How could that look? Um, just it's really cool to be doing something that is something that you enjoy that also has a paycheck at the end of every fortnight that you don't have to think about, you know, getting in or not ah. getting in. Get <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so this is the last episode so. of Keeping Good Company. Thanks for listening. <laughs> See you later. We're shutting down and we're going. Uh, but to, you know, like that, that would be a thing that would worry me is because mm-hmm. if I let anybody down in my business, yes, it's, it's on me. But if I'm working for someone else, I'd be like, oh, dear me. I uh, Now I have to think about what this is like you or am I going to disappoint yes. you? Is it going to be like yeah. a rotten feeling? The pressure. Back to, back to feeling like I did, you know, my first job out of uni and just mm-hmm. destroyed by, you know, a very ego-based woman. And, yeah, that would be one thing that I'd just, I'd be scared too. Um, yeah. So it's nice to hear that you you move through that. Well, there has been, like I was, <laughs> was going to say before, the negatives for me have definitely been um having to deal with clients that you don't necessarily, you wouldn't choose to, whereas in your own business you can sack a client, right, very easily. You can just choose not to work with them or say that you're not the right fit or whatever, whereas um, this job I do have one client that is very, very, very 
um, high in their expectations, which is fine, but also changes the goalposts quite a lot. And that has been really, really difficult to um, learn to deal with because I've had to really make sure that um, when I'm receiving those types of phone calls or personal interactions that I'm not making it um, personal and not thinking that I have personally failed, just going, okay, this is just part of being part of a company that has, you know, a suite of clients and some clients you're going to absolutely love working with and some clients um, you're going to enjoy but, you know, sort of don't click with. Like it's no different to our coaching businesses, but that not having the freedom to just go, you know what, I don't actually need to work with you, which you would as a coach, <laughs> um, that's been difficult. But it's also taught me some really good boundaries as well. Um, so rather than jumping to attention every time that happens, um, understanding that, yeah, like boundaries have always been something that I've needed to work on in every single um, iteration of my professional career, including coaching. Um, and I definitely as a coach tended to over deliver and that's n- never a good thing when you're a coach either. Um, so yeah, just watching that and really watching that caused a lot of anxiety for me, um, especially around the winter months. I got a really, really bad influenza and had like four weeks off work and this um, client stuff was happening at the same time. And I was like, Oh my God. And I developed really quite bad anxiety, but I also, um, had the means and the internal schutzbar to actually get help straight away. So now I regularly see a psychologist to make sure that, you know, I'm definitely taking care of my own mental health in amongst all of this demanding new stuff (laughs) that I'm learning. Um, But that's been good too. Like that's a value thing as well. And just, um, and also, you know, having the funds to do that every two weeks and not think about cash flow and, so, yeah, there's definitely not just been all beer and Skittles. <laughs> there's definitely been some trials. <laughs> but, yeah, it's – and also the company that I work for has been um, taken over by one company just as I started and then another national company just now. So I've gone through two integrations as well. So there's lots of politicking and changes of processes and changes of leadership and management and whatnot, and that's just been um, – yeah, it's been interesting. But – that it's been a bit of a weird year. But then the exciting thing is the national company. There's so much more support and structure and opportunity and career pathways and all of those things that comes with going with a, you know, bigger company as well. So, yeah, I think that there's there's definitely positives and negatives as there is with running your own business. But, um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm proud of myself for being brave enough to make the decision. For sure. I'm curious. I've, um, I've made a couple of notes. Um, firstly, you know, when you're in this, because you are a big part of um, the B, B school community. Yes. And, yep, yep. and so a lot of your friends over the last, that you've made over the course of the last five, six, seven years <laughs> yes. have been yep. other, you know, entrepreneurs mm. and online entrepreneurs. Do you feel like yep. the change has affected the relationships that you had? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. And so yeah, do you think that, that's partly um, because you were in the closet or just because you don't really, you're not, you know, you're not sharing the same values anymore? I think that, oh, how honest do I How do I say this without sounding like an asshole? Is that what you think? Yeah. No, not an asshole. Just probably, I don't know, my trigger point is always sounding arrogant. I think that for some people that I've formed relationships with that were entrepreneurs, their 
not as happy for me as what they perhaps would be um, if they had um, not the same issues that I had in my business. So I think that unfortunately for some people when I'm talking to them and saying, you know, that work's going well and it's really nice and I've been promoted, blah, blah, that um, it's showing them how their business is not working for them either and some people get uncomfortable about that and so therefore the contact has lessened and lessened and lessened and that that's sad but you know again like friendships ages and stages right like you you have friends when your kids are little that have little kids and then you grow apart it's probably no different um does it make me like a relationship like that was that was what I was just thinking was like when you're breaking up with someone who's really bad for you but you're thinking, oh, but this means that I'm going to lose contact with all my friends with them. And then a few years later, you're like, oh, it didn't really matter anyway. Yeah. Those people weren't really my people. Yeah, and I, I, it, it does make me sad. Or the other ones kind of feed back in anyway, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think that there's, there's a couple that I definitely, you know, they are brilliant friends and they'll be friends for life. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it is a bit weird. At the same time, that's all happening. Like we've just we've just bought our own house, but we've been in this area in the country for a couple of years. And it does take a little while in the country to form those relationships because they're quite intimate communities and everybody knows everyone, but that's just started to kind of really open up um, through, you know, netball connections, school connections, going to yoga, going to the gym, all of those sort of different things that you do in, in a local community. And I think that I wonder whether that's partly these relationships getting quieter is that I'm doing more in-person connecting. Like I don't Mm. find myself on Facebook looking for connection anymore and I don't find myself. I I do look at Instagram a lot, but Instagram now has become an interior decorating obsession (laughs) for me because we're (laughs) renovating, right? So that's what you do when you're renovating. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but I don't. I don't find myself looking for that connection on Facebook, which I definitely used to, particularly last year when I was feeling really isolated. And I think maybe that's just part of it. And, you know, it's no, it's not anything against those people that I had relationships with, but I just wonder whether sometimes when you say you're not an entrepreneur, you're not in the club anymore, that it's like, well, she's kind of said no to what we do. It's a weird sort of vibe, but anyway. That would be my honest answer to that question. (laughs) Thank you for your honesty. Um, The other (laughs) thing that I wanted to to ask you about was um, the, like, I I made the decision probably about a, I don't know, month or two ago to close Mm -hmm. Radcasters because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, like I said before, I just was sick of jumping up and down saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, and the funnels and the webinars. It's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for no return, you know, and it was just like reinforcing this. It was just reinforcing my shit stories about myself and how I was fuck up in the And so earlier in the year, I decided to stop, um, you know, stop pushing it, but just kind of leave it there. And it sat there until, um, you know, about a month ago when I decided, well, what's the fucking point of having it sit there? There is no point. Yeah. So I'm just going to close it down. And, uh, and that'll be done because energetically it felt weird to have it just sitting there. Yes. It was like I was, you know, I don't know, closing down opportunities by just having this cord from me to this failed project. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> so, I totally agree. <laughs> so I really wanted to explore like the decision that you made to, to now pull down your websites and close oh, everything yeah. down. It sounds kind of finite, 
but freeing too, right? Absolutely. Um, and I'm a big fan of decluttering, right? Like clear space when you want something new and fresh or even when you don't want something new and fresh but you don't want the old and the rotten <laughs> juju around you. So one of the things that I really struggled with before I even got this job was how am I going to close my business? My website cost me ten fucking thousand dollars like that's something that I really couldn't get. I was like, I've just wasted so much of my family's money getting this baby up and running. Now I don't see it like that. That was very much a judgment thing. Now I'm like, you know what? It served us for this many years. It was a beautiful um, space and place for me to learn about myself and to serve other people and, you know, whatever. But now that I've decided that I'm done, I'm like, what is the point of having the container of this old thing that I used to do hanging around in the background? And then I've got a friend who's um, really good at creating evergreen funnels and she's like, let me just build a funnel for making friends with fear and do it. And I'm like, no, because it doesn't work without me being part of it. Um, I was never very good at removing myself from, you know, the, the click and buy and get it type of programs. And I always thought that that was a bit of a failure because you're like, how can you ever have passive income if you have to be? Anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, and so I was just like, does that feel right to me? And all it felt was complicated. And I'm like, if your two words for your life are simple and free, what the fuck are you doing something that feels complicated and hard and heavy and blah? So I was just like, nah, clean sweep. So I've just closed my zero account. I'm just about to close ConvertKit. I'm just about to, I've just, I have copied all of my sites. So just, I don't even know why I'm doing that, but I just felt like it was an easy capture. Um, so I talked to my hosting people and they're like, okay, well, you can just do this FTP transfer and it'll take, what do you, it took three days, um, save a copy, back it all up. And then at least if you ever want to get your $10,000 website back up and running, you've got a copy. I thought, do I really need to do that? And I'm very much a cut your losses kind of girl. It doesn't take me much to chuck something out at all. But I thought, yeah, yeah I would like to do that. But with everything else, it's going down because I'm like, what is the point of going backwards or looking backwards? Like what is it? Like a, burn it to the ground, like make space for something new. I don't know. I just, I, but it took me eight months to get to that stage. So it's not, it's definitely not been an overnight decision, but just thinking about it, um, I told people on the 11th that I'd give them two weeks to download any content from any of the membership sites that I've had. And now I'm like, hurry up. I just want to get this done. Delete everything. Done, done, done. Clean slate. And I love a new year for that as well, even though it's just a line in the sand as, you know, 1st of January, new container for new beautiful things to, you know, manifest. So I'm like, no, nah, cut, cut it out. It's done. And I think too, moving into our own house, we've like we've had stuff in storage for six years since we moved to to overseas and we've finally bought our own house again and have just gone through heaps and heaps of boxes of stuff that hasn't been opened, including my dad's whole, uh, whole house and after he died and all of these things. And we've just had this massive declutter and it just feels so much lighter and it feels like a relief, which is always, you know, if you feel like you, it's a relief at the end of it, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That has been, um, you know, that, that sense of relief has always been my guiding post when it comes to mm -hmm. burn it to the ground. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, I, I just had, I just had a, um, my, my cousin has just been, she was in a really toxic work environment and she was mm -hmm. telling me all the reasons why she couldn't leave. And I said to her, how would it feel if you never had to go back there? 
and she was like, ah, oh, almost orgasmed. And, uh, so there you go. Make it happen. <laughs> and there's your answer, right? So then, so then don't overcomplicate it. Burn that fucker to the ground. And it's yeah, like, absolutely. so often we're thinking, oh, but what if, what if, what if, what if, but what if it, what if you never had to do that thing again? Then. And here's the thing. If you're worried, like for me, the website, it's like six years of work, like six years of writing, six years of podcasting, or not six years of podcasting, but, you know, all the podcasting, all the writing, all the content, everything. Someone said to me, but it's like losing six years. And I'm like, dude, there is plenty more juice where that came from. I am not a finite container of creativity. It's unlimited. So what? Mm. what I don't have to carry that around to make sure that I can be creative in the future. I can be creative in the future. Like that everyone can. So what are you worried it's about? It's just like it's just like will you want to be saving every single file, every single presentation that you do at this new job over to be able to what look back on or prove something about who you are or what your worth is or that that was a worthwhile time. I'm completely the same as you in terms of decluttering, but the thought of shutting down um my website that fills me with uh, I mean, yeah, well, obviously I'm not in a stage where I'm ready to Well, that's that. right. <laughs> I could different. Like, I'm just like, all of the, all of the recipes. Like, like, I mean, you know, it is like, it is like, it's like a photo album. And so it I is. love the idea that you've kind of just, you've just digitized, like you've just got your photo album somewhere. Yeah. So and that, stored it. you know, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like that idea because they are like, that is memories. Um, it'd yeah. be like if, my business Facebook page got taken down. I'd be like, mm-hmm. far out. I've just documented so much in that space over the time. But I have, I've closed down, you know, uh, the, I closed, the, I had Think Beautiful, my online magazine back in like 2011. And I, I, I shut that fucker down and I deleted the, <laughs> the, the Facebook page, which had more likes than my current page does. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot more traction. Uh, and then I just deleted the entire website and it had, you know, articles and articles and articles that I'd written, mm-hmm. but like, I just didn't see the point of hanging on to it. Cause it's like, w- why? Yeah, you're right. Like there's more creative energy where that came from. I'm never going to stop writing and I'm Tell never going to stop speaking. So yeah. So, so and in some yeah, ways tethering yourself. Yeah, tethering yeah. yourself to someone that you were six years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years yeah. ago just doesn't allow you to step into that next, I don't know, the next version of you, the next, I don't know, like what What do you want to hold on to that for? Like I never understand, like I'm not a very, like I don't need stuff sentimentally at all. Like I just don't keep stuff. Stuff is not my thing at all. I don't really care. Memories, absolutely. Time spent with the people, absolutely. But stuff I don't get. And one of our relatives is um, one of those people that, you know, keeps the newspaper cutting from the day that the baby was born and the newspaper cutting from the first day at school. And then, and I'm just like, what? I get that it documents something, but I don't, I don't have the need to hang on to the past to prove something happened that was important. Like I just don't get that. And so I think for other people, maybe keeping a copy of everything is absolutely essential. But for me, I'm just like, nuts, just taking up space. (laughs) Just move along. So, yeah. 
It might I'm be time for me to throw out that um yeah. that newspaper article of when I went to the Australian Idol auditions. <laughs> I just found I just found a, the most hilarious newspaper article from when I was a forensic biologist. I was in a white lab coat and was bent over a microscope and it was about this case that I was working on and I'm just like, oh my god. The kids are like, Is that you, Mum? You look so young. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Like if it's, if it's your thing to keep, keep it. But for me, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, I just, I just see things. When I'm done, I'm the same as you. Yeah. Done, done, done. Yeah, I'm the same as you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love Hmm. a good clear out. This has been such a cool conversation. I'm so (laughs) grateful (laughs) for it. Thank you. It's it's been really good. I actually felt... I felt so much relief. I've sat down to write that newsletter to my newsletter list like multiple times over the last eight months. And then last Monday night I came home. I don't know exactly why, but I just sat down and just wrote it from beginning to end. And when I hit go and it was out in the ether, I didn't care about how the response was, but it was such a massive relief. And it, this is kind of like having this conversation is just like just being able to be honest about what's been going on and not feeling the need to sort of hide away is such a gift. So thank you. That's been very nice. It's, it's <laughs> cathartic. This is the thing. No matter what you are, no matter what work you are doing, you're still you. Like you're, you're, a, you're like, this is a leadership like moment here. And that's what you bring to whatever it is yep, that you do you and do shining you. light on truth. <laughs> And yep. all of that sort of stuff, you, that's, that like you don't, that's like the fundamental stuff. And mm-hmm. I think we can do so many different things in our lives. I think this bubble that so many of us are in, it's like, this is it. This is the answer. Yes. And even this answer for right now, it's going to look like something completely different mm-hmm. in 24 months. You know, like nothing stays the same. Mm. And I, I think it's a risky spot to be in to put yeah. all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. You know the other thing I and realized are, when I started working. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. you're right. You're right. Oh, you go. You just made me realize <laughs> one of the things that I realized when I started working is that we are so in the bubble. The bubble is almost all that exists when you're an online entrepreneur. Whereas out there. There's actually real life people doing real life things that are real life amazing as well. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how limited I was being with myself that to think that the only place that I could be of service or to share anything that was important to me or that I felt really strongly about, which is absolutely always going to come back to health, mental health and wellness and self care and self awareness, all of those things that have always been threaded through every single career I've ever had. I, I didn't even um, conceive that that could be outside the online bubble. And I'm like, there's so much more out there. <laughs> but the more time you spend in the bubble, the more time you think maybe there isn't. Or so, certainly for me, I don't know about anyone else. But, yeah, it was a relief to see that as well, which is good. Sorry, Carly. Totally. <laughs> you know, because we are sold on this idea of, you know, this being the only path and, and, yeah. and literally sold on it because this, this is what, you know, there are people who are selling you this dream. And when you're not mm-hmm. living this dream, then, you know, you're doing something wrong. 
So oh, it's can just we just so... talk about that for a second? Yes, yeah. go for it. <laughs> Rant away, Carly. Uh, I know, I know you've got it in here. <laughs> I am so fucking sick of people in the online space selling this concept that they don't already live themselves. And I just think that there's always going to be fresh meat, and I know that's an awful way of saying it, but fresh meat and inverted commas of people that they give up their jobs or they're looking for something else to do and they see this online entrepreneurship thing and it looks interesting and they're unfortunately naive enough or fresh enough to believe the stuff that maybe us that have been around for a few more years can see through or have have a feeling that is not absolutely honest. And I just think this is just unethical that you are selling something that you don't, that you've never actually done yourself um, or that you've never, so the, you know, the whole laptop lifestyle thing or the freedom for husband to not work or whatever. I don't care whether that's what you want to do, but you cannot tell people that you've done it already when you don't. And so many people do. It annoys the crap out of me because it makes the people that aren't getting to that stage or aren't there yet or whatever just feel completely inadequate, but they're measuring themselves against something that's not even truth. And again, yes, that pisses me off. Absolutely. I heard that there was one on one online coach, one of the sort of bigger names. I've never felt compelled yeah. to her stuff. Already, and I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> part of what someone told me that she recommends going to places like Paris. Yes, and I know exactly like who you're talking about. To yes. take photos. Yep. Of yourself. Yep. So people, because mm-hmm. it's all about aspiration mm-hmm. yep. and, and you show people what's possible. And it's like, is this actually, this cannot be real. Um, but, but what we don't know is that they've borrowed money from their mum, their dad, their cat, their dog, their neighbour, their uncle, their bloody whatever, or they're doing a side job to afford the trip to fucking Paris because it's aspirational. I'm like, oh, my God, seriously. I had a be friend of people. mine recently try to take her own life because oh she God. had invested in her business so heavily. She invested herself into bankruptcy and then oh. – uh, launched something that was went gangbusters but has no way yeah. to monetize it and just feels like a complete fuck-up and failure and tried to take her own life. Like, I mean, yeah, that's, it makes it the, that's the whole, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's, what, that's what, and that's, that's what I was alluding to before when I'm like, I'm not proud to be part of this. And I know that being part of it doesn't mean that you're the same. I get that. But more and more, I would be so triggered by stuff on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, whatever platform I was on. And and the whole, you know, the formulaic, this time last year I had $10 to my name and I was living on somebody's couch. And I, now pretty I'm much, making I pretty much did. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I actually <laughs> lived that, you know, this time last year because I've told the story of this year and it is that. This time last year I was sitting there crying because I had to pay my rego quarterly um, and I had to move my insurance to monthly because I didn't have enough money in my account. And now I'm in a very different position at come the end of this year. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it wasn't due to sleazy sales tactics. It was due to dropping yeah. everything that wasn't yeah. serving me. 
And also when you tell that, when you tell that story, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and guess that you are not selling a $25,000 coaching program off the back. I'm not, I'm not selling the, I'm not selling that as a dream because, you know, half the problem with my own, my own life is that I felt like a fuck up and a failure as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. having been in this game for nearly 15 years and still not being a multimillionaire sipping cocktails in fucking Thailand. While my business well, just you're runs just a little out. bit behind the bell curve there, Carly, because everyone else is. Maybe maybe I should okay. go and a job. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. It just it annoys me. And and the like I said before, coaches coaching coaches to coach coaches. When you get into the real world and you realize that experts that have, you know, multiple years of expertise behind them, like in yeah. you know, the real world, are charging top five hundred dollars an hour and yet you have coaches that have got a six-week qualification that know fuck all about fuck all um and are charging you know ten thousand dollars an hour totally what is wrong with this bubble that people think that there is more value than there actually is and it's just because it is so easy to fake it in the online world it's so easy to put up a front every time i see someone whose business that i've either seen the back end of or you know whatever, what have knowledge of in some other way. And they've got the brand new photos with the matching, you know, rose gold, such and such and the white skirt on and they're in Paris and you go, oh, fuck, another one bites the dust. Like, seriously, can we just be real here? Because being. I know. And, but that, like, I get asked a lot uh, and I have since things sort of started to happen and, mm-hmm. you, you know, I. I get asked by people a lot. Like originally it was really around video marketing mm-hmm. and people just wanted help with that and then people wanted to know other things. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed the the online marketing stuff, yes. getting experimental and all that kind of stuff. But um but my whole vibe like, you know, it was called my course was called Keeping Video Real because I just don't think that in order to connect with people that you need it to be fancy. In fact, they are begging you to be, to be real. To be and to give them something to connect to in this fake ass world and And, but it's funny because I know I can really help people with that stuff Mm -hmm. and I love delivering that course but there's a resistance to stepping into being someone who helps people in the online world because of the general shadiness yeah I know and And I don't want to just be someone else who does that but the fact is that I really actually do I do love it. I, I found like but my But you also do it integrity, Lisa. You have you have what what yeah, you're sharing right. is stuff that you've used and it's worked. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've mm-hmm. spent many years building this business. It's okay for you to own that that you've done it and and share some principles about that. The shadiness yeah, comes when they haven't done it. And then and that's the thing. And I, I do find that. But the problem is that, like we were saying before, you create a course that is helpful and is created off teaching people how to be accessible in their videos, but then you've got to shout so fucking loud Mm. to get it heard amongst all of the bright, shiny, Parisian video shoot bullshit. And I'm just like, 
we need to make a different bubble, real entrepreneurship mm. or something. I don't know how you do mm. that, but <laughs> like I are just, you, are I, you coming I back to it. entrepreneurship? Finally, no, 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 no. all the creative juices are flowing right now. I've thought of about three different businesses that you could start. <laughs> while we were having do you know? Uh, do you know what I'm looking at as we're talking? Is the vision board of our um, renovations? I'm like, I really do want a teacup pig. Focus, Kylie. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm just like my head is so so firmly in creating a home that's a sanctuary and veggie patches and, you know, chook sheds and whatnot at the moment that my creative juices, I think that's the other thing that I realised. I was putting all this pressure on entrepreneurship to create, you know, yeah, I could have creativity, I could have money, I could have fucking hobby. This is is what I say to people. Just go get a fucking hobby. Like we don't have to monetize our hobbies. It's okay just to have a hobby. (laughs) That's exactly right. And we used to renovate houses all the time before we had the kids. And I loved it because it is that creativity thing and that, oh, that will go there and that one choosing colors and all of that stuff. And for some reason, I just turned all of that. I stopped drawing. I stopped sketching. I stopped doing, like I used to do these beautiful um, pastel Buddha faces and sell them at the markets at your Monday. I haven't done that for years because entrepreneurship sucked all my time away from my creativity or I allowed it to. It didn't do it. It is not a real thing. Kylie decided <laughs> that entrepreneurship was more important than pretty much anything. And I'm just like, that is just so fucked off. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. Yes. So true. Well, thank you, Kylie. That has no been problem. an awesome chat. Wow. Thank so you. cool. I feel like I actually got to know the real you in this. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that yeah. funny? Yeah, it is funny so, because, yeah. I even look at um the website that I had designed a few years ago and it's like me in this black and white dress with this like faux party girl smile on and I just think what the hell was I thinking I was like I don't know like it that is definitely part of my personality the kind of retro vibe and really super fun but it is not it doesn't feel real anymore I definitely felt like I was trying to up my game and fit into the world of entrepreneurship and it just yeah is not the full me, me by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, you're there bigger you than any box that you know any, anyone <laughs> could fit you in. So, <laughs> thanks, ladies. It's been cool. Thank you because I'm. Yeah, it's nice to actually just speak it. Um, yeah, put language. And it's so nice to hear it. It's so refreshing. Time. And I think this is the key, it's right? So like, um, we just giving other people permission to just know that there are other options for you if you're feeling like you know your business is killing you it doesn't have to be that way so yeah and if you decide that it's not for you that doesn't mean you failed it means that you've tried something it's like that what's that thomas edison quote like you know i didn't fail ten thousand times i found nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine ways that electricity wasn't made like this is just a learning process, right? Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean you fucked up. It just means that it's not for you right now. Totally. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I will stop talking. I appreciate this. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Kylie. <laughs> no worries. Bye. for sticking around see you next monday remember to subscribe and keep good company